0: Lovely listeners, and welcome to another episode of History Creeps. I am one of your illustrious hosts, Carter Johnson, and with me are Chris Chavez. What up? And Johnny Townsend. I'm a luscious host. You, you, well, you're, yeah, you're pretty luscious. Yeah,
1: my lips especially. Definitely. (laughs) Very luscious, and eyelashes. I have the sexiest eyelashes in all of history.
0: I get that from my wife a lot, too. She's always like, why do you have better eyelashes than me? I'm a girl. You're not supposed to have such such nice eyelashes.
1: Okay. So Carter, Carter and I are going to be competing in the, the Miss the Mr. Best, America yeah, the best eyelash,
0: eyelash competition.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So how's it going, fellas?
1: It's going good.
0: good. How's it going with you guys?
2: Pretty good. Pretty good. 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 How's the weather up there for you, Chris? Dude, we have an okay. So. Little weather update for people who weren't paying attention. We went through a polar vortex last week, uh, so much so that my, they actually closed almost the entire city. Businesses were closed, streets were closed, you, it was ban- driving bans. Uh, we had tons of snowfall on us, about 18 to 20 inches. Uh, and the winds brought the wind chill factor to negative 50. Two days later, the temperatures were 50 degrees uh, and beautiful sun out. Three, four days later today, we're in the middle of an ice storm.
1: <laughs> That's insane. So, I don't want to make you feel bad, but here in North Carolina, it's like almost 7-8. It feels amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does
2: right yeah, now. Yeah, dude, there's an ice storm right now. Uh, everything is covered in a thin layer of ice. Uh, power lines, trees. When I went out to my car when I got out of work today, it was encased in ice. Uh, it's insane, dude. It's totally insane.
1: Well, you need to get spring like we're getting down here. It feels great. Seriously, it feels pretty amazing.
2: Nice, but yeah, how are you guys? <laughs> we're well, currently down. better than you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm going to send you guys a picture of one of the bushes next to my house. Uh, it's got no it's got no greenery. It's just nothing but sticks. But you can see the, how it's all encased in ice.
1: Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Chris sent me a picture of back when the polar vortex was happening. of Just to, just the back of his house. And it was the most it looked like when Hollywood tries to make something look like it's encased in ice. Like it looked fake. There was so much ice there. It didn't look real. It looked like a movie set. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it looked like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the top of Mount Washington. Up there, there's a weather station, actually. Uh, and it's there because Mount Washington actually gets hurricane force winds uh all times of the year so it's up there and measures all kinds of stuff for national weather service and all that stuff but they also get like some of the craziest snowstorms it's almost it's it's like and this little weather station you can find it online you'll see it covered the way my the back of my house looked when i sent that to you johnny just like that and that's what it reminded me of when i saw it when i was back there i was like holy crap
1: so it had like had like big obstacles as far as the eye can see
2: yeah Dude, we had icicles that were basically the length of my body. Went from Seriously, it they went from long. yeah yes. it went from the, the top of my, the roof straight down to the ground.
0: That's insane.
2: Yeah, I was telling Johnny. I based I'm looking outside and tauntauns are running by.
0: Seriously, <laughs> man, your <you're>, your tauntauns <laughs> gonna freeze before you hit the first marker.
2: It's serious. It was. It's one of those. It's. It was that. It was so cold at that time. Like you'd go outside and you just breathe in through your nostrils and you would feel the ice just forming inside. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said like if you went outside for an uh, extended period of time, the breathing could actually damage your lungs. The cold.
1: Uh, yep. You you know there's at least one guy who tried to pee outside. Oh, dude! You know what people just do when what that happens.
2: happens? People, what they people do when that happens, and it's a thing, and it, and it went viral for a while. People were posting videos of it. Last time there was a polar vortex. You go, you you boil a bunch of water, you take it outside and throw it in the air, and it literally just evaporates and turns to like a puff of 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 like. Smoky snow. Yep. Immediately. Like you don't see any water at all flip anywhere. It's just a big my puff friend, of smoke.
0: My friend did it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: we did it last time. We didn't do That's it this time. That's too cold, man. Yeah, not this that time. Sounds
1: like I am cold. That sounds like most of any relationship I've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> just toss if just toss it up there it just evaporates and it's gone.
0: I like how you almost said most and then you kind of rethought and you're like most no no all <laughs> yeah. all my relationships. That's a moment of clarity with myself.
1: <laughs> and just being honest.
2: Hey guys, do you do you want to know a synchronicity? Oh, more than
1: anything. Yes.
2: We're literally talking about water that disappears and is gone. Uh, our, one of the current Creeps updates is about somebody that once disappeared and couldn't be found. And I believe Carter, you're talking about disappearances today. I am synchronicity. I like, this. I like it. Synchronicity.
1: Change the name of History Creeps now to Synchronicity. <laughs> and and then in
0: parentheses, not the police album.
1: <laughs> and then in double parentheses. Okay, it is the police album.
2: <laughs> and it's us just reading the lyrics back and forth like it's a conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, you got you to gotta read it white guy style. You know, like, oh, oh, synchronicity.
2: <laughs> exactly. I want to read it just like
1: I, feel like I think Stingwood. Oh, wow. So I'm going to be nude. <laughs> <There>
2: you- <laughs> Practicing your tantric breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh all right so speaking of current creeps guys well you did you say you said you had one johnny
1: I do I do and this one actually happened in north carolina <gasps> uh-oh uh recently this is very recent um a, a boy went miss went missing he was at his grandmother's house <clears throat> excuse me he's at his grandmother's house and he's playing with uh is it is either his two cousins or his two kids or He's playing with some other kids and he went missing, and he was gone for a couple of days. Uh, this is on the USA Today article. I remember uh, this. A three, he was only three years old. A three-year-old boy who was found alive in the woods of eastern North Carolina. So literally, when he went missing, everybody already thought the worst. Because, you know, uh, anytime a little kid or anybody, honestly, for that matter, goes missing, it's hardly ever a good thing. A good outcome. Yeah, uh, but but look, this was a good one. A three-year-old boy who was found alive in the woods of Western of uh, sorry of Eastern North Carolina uh, after he went missing for two days said he spent time with a bear.
2: Oh, I did see this. <clears throat> yeah. Um.
1: Apparently his name his name was Casey Hathaway. He disappeared uh, on a Tuesday. He had been playing with two other children in his grandmother's yard at Emul Emul North Carolina or or Erno? I don't even know how, I don't even know where this is at <laughs> I've never been there North Carolina according to uh, the sheriff's office there Thursday he was found after the searchers were calling for his name and he was yelling for his mom uh, he was soaking wet cold and tangled in thorn bushes uh they had the said rescuers waded through nearly waist deep water to get to him so how did he get there, and how did he stay alive? That's honestly big questions. Uh, he claims that he hung out with a bear for two days. That's what this three-year-old is saying. He told that to his aunt. Um, she wouldn't say whether the she thought the bear was real or imaginary.
0: If you guys remember, when we were talking about missing persons, the the disappearances in the national parks when I first started doing the show with you guys, I told you guys about one where a mom and her three kids, she was walking in front of the kids and the kid in the middle disappeared. And when she right. turned around and asked the other two what happened, they said a big hairy man came out of the woods and took him. Or he went with the big hairy man, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah.
1: And there's, and there's been other times, too, where children went missing and they were found and they claimed that uh, like a Bigfoot or some sort of creature is what kept him alive. Now, when this yep. boy went missing, I'm not saying that's what happened here. I mean, I don't know. But when this boy went missing, the temperature was in the 20s. It was cold. Yep. And he's only three years old. And he's found in a thorn bush, in uh, in and he was soaking wet. And they had to get through, you know, waist-deep water just to get to him. That's pretty amazing. Yep. The fact that he's even alive in the first place. But where they found him is strange. And, you know, little kids do have amazing imaginations. Uh, but you know, this is just a, this is just wild. Something, something helped him. I, I mean, something had to have, right? Cause he's only I, three years old. Yeah. And he yep. lived and he lived not just one night, but two nights in below freezing temperatures. Yep. Soaking wet. So, uh, I mean, it's a pretty incredible story. Overall. I think
2: so. Yeah. When I saw when I read it, I was like, holy cow, this is insane.
0: Yeah, and me and my wife were talking about it too, and sh- and she said the same thing that you said, Johnny. Well, so- something helped him. Yeah,
1: uh, I mean he's a lucky, he's a lucky kid. That's for sure. Yep.
0: That one's really weird. I'm glad you brought that one up, Johnny, because I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. That's what I do with
1: my luscious <laughs> eyebrows.
0: There you go. They're not as luscious as mine, but they're pretty. That's good. what I.
1: That's what I strive for, though. I want to be the. I want to be the next Carter.
0: There you go. <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you got, man?
2: Uh, we got an update. Uh, it's kind of an up. This look, it looked like the article was written, written. Sorry, written back in July, updated back in July. But uh, I didn't know about this. We had talked about DB Cooper once before on one of our episodes. He was the guy uh, who hijacked. He was one of the only guys to ever successfully hijack, or he is the only to successfully hijacked a, an American airliner uh, and get away with it. Um, the guy, he, he, what, he, he hijacked the plane, um, got the, the, the feds to cough up $200,000 and ended up jumping from the plane and no one ever caught him again. It was one of the biggest mysteries in history. Uh, well, apparently, they're, they're closing the case. They say they know who it is and they know who it is because of a letter that was Decoded. Um, this is Alpha. Of, I don't know what's the name of this website. All that interest, uh, all that's interesting. written by Sarah Goldfarb or Kara Goldfarb. Sorry, DB Cooper's identity revealed by a decoded message. Investigators say Tom Colbert, a film producer and longtime expert sleuth into the case of DB Cooper's disappearance, claims that he once and for all have confirmed Cooper's mysterious identity. Cooper, a pseudonym, skyjacked a commercial flight from Portland, uh, Seattle, November 24, 71, and scored $200,000 ransom before parachuting from the plane. Colbert, along with a team of cold case private investigators, said a new, newly decoded message contained a confession by Colbert's number one suspect, Vietnam veteran Robert Rackstraw. Rackstraw has been a person of interest but has denied the accusations on several occasions. Colbert used the Freedom of Information Act to request and receive a document from the FBI dated March 28, 1972. The two-paragraph typed-up letter is an unpublished note addressed to the Portland Oregonian newspaper. Uh, No one even knew about this letter, Colbert told the Daily News. When he received it, he noticed it was typed, just like another D.B. Cooper letter mailed to four major publications detailing his reasons for the hijacking. Uh, In it, he stated that he knew he wouldn't be caught. Colbert sent the letter to colleague colleague Rick Sherwood, a codebreaker and former member of the U.S. Army Security Agency. Uh, He said, Tom, you're not going to believe it, but his confession is here. The letter was allegedly sent from the Bahamas from Cooper uh, to, to quote, let you know I am not dead but really alive. It stated, quote, I like your articles about me, but you can stop them now. D.B. Cooper is not real. Uh, Along with other odd phrases like, quote, I want out of the system and I saw a way through good old unk. Sherwood, who was familiar with the writing style from other letters he had deciphered from Cooper, explained how he used a copyrighted process to decode the hidden message through the phrases and words that were repeated throughout the letter. Uh, The letter's last sentence states, quote, and please tell the lackey cops D.B. Cooper is not my real name. The coded message, according to Sherwood, is I am First Lieutenant Robert Rackstraw. And this is here's the part in this article that makes me go, huh. Sherwood wouldn't say how he arrived at that conclusion. Uh, He says that the decoding process took a couple weeks. I read it two or three times and said, this is Rackstraw. This is what he does. He was taunting like he normally does. And I thought his name was going to be in it. And sure enough, the numbers added up perfectly. So there you go. They say they know exactly who it is. And I guess this guy is still alive, apparently. Like, I guess he lives in the Bay Area, but he continues to deny that it was him. Um, But they're saying it's him. What do you guys think?
0: No, there's a lot of things in that that make me suspicious. Uh yeah, yeah especially when, weird.
2: especially when the guy's just like, "Oh, this sounds like this the other guy's letters all the time." And uh I've I was suspecting him all along. And uh I have a way of reading his codes that I can't tell anybody about.
0: Yeah, that yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that last part is the part where
1: if he would just come out and say how he actually came to that conclusion of how he actually decoded it, I think it would be more believable. I agree. Yeah. So um, if he's, it sounds like he's just trying to sell his film.
0: Yeah, I th- yeah. I was gonna. Mm-hmm.
1: I was he gonna say guess. that
0: too. Yeah.
1: I don't know, but maybe he's right.
0: Who knows? Who there Who you knows? Go. There you go. It's definitely interesting.
2: So what you what, you what you... Know,
0: nobody wants to let that one go, man.
2: No. So Carter, what do you got in regards to disappearances?
0: All right, so, uh, Johnny. I'm gonna warn you before uh, beforehand. Try hard not to laugh when I start this story, okay? I will do my best. I know where your mind's gonna go, and it's the same place <laughs> mine goes as soon as I hear this word. So just go with me here. All right. I'm so
1: very anxious now.
0: When I was younger, uh, I used to read a lot of you know Stephen King books and like uh, like Dean Koontz and like Clyde Barker and all those kind of guys. Really scary guys for like a you know 14 year old kid to be reading. Um one of the books by Dean Koontz that I really love is Phantoms. And go ahead and laugh Johnny. I know you want to say it.
2: Yo Affleck, Affleck, you,
0: you the bomb in <laughs> Phantoms. Yo.
2: <laughs>
1: Dean is a very funny name.
2: That's awesome. Let's, let's
0: go ahead and get that out. Anyway, um so it's in the movie too, but uh in the book there's a character named Timothy Flight. And he's the guy that theorizes that there's a uh an entity that causes a lot of these mass disappearances in history. Yeah. Uh for our listeners, if you guys have never read the book or seen the movie, I recommend reading the book. Uh anyway, so in the novel, uh, this character flight is brought in by the authorities uh after an entire town in uh I believe it's Colorado goes missing. Um uh, and his theory is that this entity is responsible for it. While they are talking to him uh, on the way to this site, he mentions uh, an army of Chinese soldiers, 3,000 Chinese soldiers, uh, that vanished on the way to a battle to fight against the Japanese. Uh, and, it, you know, when you read books a lot of the time, especially fiction, you're like, okay, he probably just, that's just made up, right? Like, he just made that up to... Make it sound cool and make it kind of sound like the Roanoke disappearance and such. Uh, Later on in life, I found out that's not true. This actually is a real thing. Uh, So apparently, uh, in the year 1939, December of 1939, uh, 2,988 troops that were stationed in the Nanjing Hills disappeared on their way to a battle against the Japanese. Uh, the colonel who was commanding this uh, regiment of troops uh, awoke the, the next morning after stationing them overnight and was told by his like assistant that the uh, men that were at the defensive line were not responding uh, to calls or signals of any kind. Uh, so this colonel took an investigative team and went out to the to his front lines and they found it completely abandoned. There was nobody there, uh, but all the weapons were still in place. Nobody had fired any rounds. There wasn't any sign of a struggle or anything. Uh, troops stationed a little farther away uh, were questioned by the colonel and his men and, and said, we didn't see anybody come in or go out all night and we were here all night. Uh, now here's where it gets interesting. Uh, apparently there are a lot of inconsistencies in this story, which I find interesting. Um. Some historians, depending on who you talk to, uh, believe this actually happened in in December of 1937 uh, in the run-up to the Battle of Nanking. Uh, And others, like like I said, put it in 1939. Uh, The interesting part is that if you place this in December of 1937, the disappearance of a bunch of troops in the run-up to the Battle of Nanking could potentially make sense. Apparently there were a lot of desertions uh, at that time. Right. But what's interesting is that if you dig further into this, there aren't a lot of uh, actual academic articles on this, you know, actually written by real historians or archaeologists or what have you, uh, to say, yes, this actually happened. You know, this guy was, this colonel was a real person. These guys uh really did disappear and here's the records of such and such and such if you look for them there's really a not not a lot of that out there uh if you type in the uh disappearance of chinese army in 1939 you're going to you're going to end up with a bunch of like conspiracy theory stuff and whatnot uh i've actually typed it in you know just trying to find articles about this and i i i must have hit 50 of these websites that are just bogus Uh, and don't really have any historical fact to back up anything that they're saying other than, you know, here's the story. This is what supposedly happened. Um, which I don't know if that makes it more credible or less credible. Um, you know, depending on how you want to look at it, the amount of time that's passed, uh, since this supposedly happened, um, a lot of records could have been lost or destroyed after, after this war or after world war II. you know, there's just no telling, but what's interesting about this is that if this did happen, if this did actually happen, there's no credible, uh, theory to say exactly what happened to these guys in the sense of, okay, say almost 3000 soldiers had deserted, you would think that some of them would have popped up somewhere. That's 3,000 people. Somebody would know something. Somebody on their deathbed would have said something. Uh, you know, these guys would have gone on to have families or have children. We don't know.
2: Well, but- I, I'm, I would assume they already had children or families. So if they deserted, you're talking about 3,000 guys that all decided they were going to go off to a different land where no one knew them all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Because if they're deserting, they're going back to their families, and and obviously it would be known. It would be a document, you know.
1: At least, yeah. At least, I was gonna say I was gonna to, to, just to back up Chris's point. it's that many people, at least one of them is going to try to contact somebody in their family. At least one. Yeah, you and know. whether
0: it's your parents, you know, or like 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 Chris said, maybe your wife or your kids, or your family yeah. or whatever. Um, not to mention that you're in the middle of a war zone. Right, so somebody would have had to see three thousand guys just walking away, right? Yeah. That's not—it's not two or three people. That's not exactly a number that you can hide very easily. Right,
1: exactly. And it's not unprecedented for a large disappearance to happen. I mean, uh, we we talked about the Bermuda Triangle before, but you know that once time the whole squadron of airplanes just went missing.
0: Yeah, and we and we've discussed the Roanoke Colony and yeah. uh, other. Uh, more historically known masses. I think we yeah. did. We well, didn't we do the Mary Celeste once too?
1: We either we either did or we we're going to. I know we've discussed it before. Yeah, I we just, we yeah, and we just that. that's a
0: really well known one too.
2: Yeah. We never got into it. And actually, I was ta- I was talking to uh, Aaron about it that I'd like to actually do that story because we just kind of touched on it on our disappearance episode. We never really got into the story itself.
0: Yeah. Well, and so now you you guys have seen this that that was me summarizing like three articles. Right. Okay, so there's like not really a whole lot of information out there about this, which, I mean, I guess you could look at it as, oh, well, then that probably means it's not, you know, it's not for real.
1: I, I think it just makes it more mysterious because it could be or it could not be. Uh, it, I mean, this is, this is tough just from the standpoint of uh, there's a lot of things that are happening in our history in which there's not much written record at the time. Yep. And it's just you know, so I don't know. This one's tough for me. I don't know whether, like, if somebody could easily convince me that this really happened, and somebody could easily convince me that it didn't, because there's just there's just nothing out there from the sounds of it.
0: Well, so, there's three explanations, right? Either it didn't happen, or it did happen, and there's some logical explanation. You know, like like what we're talking. They all deserted, and they all maybe they all scattered. Yeah, which yeah, sounds strange.
1: It was 3,000 people. That's a weird thing for or, all 3,000 of them to come up to.
0: Or right. something anomalous happened. Yeah. You know, something strange happened.
1: Which would be my guess if if this really occurred, something definitely happened to all of them at the same time.
2: Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh Maybe somebody snapped. Get it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> into a Slim Jim? Uh,
2: into a Infinity War reference.
1: I got you. Hey, okay, maybe Snapping they the did, but maybe then only it was only like three stones. And then, but but wouldn't there be like fifteen hundred of them left?
2: <laughs> well, was it all three thousand or just three thousand of of the? Was it the entire? It was the entire army of three thousand.
0: It was yeah or a it was regiment the like a reg- 3, 000, regiment. But there were still other people left.
2: Yeah, so wouldn't see, we, when, there you go. There was six thousand in total. Three thousand gone.
0: Wouldn't it be funny if like?
1: Well, I don't know if it'd be funny, but if you were. one... <laughs> If you woke up, you're in the army, and you're surrounded by like thousands of your of your soldier friends, and you—I'm sure it's how they refer to each other—and you wake up, like from your nap, and like (laughs) you, they've all—they're all gone, and you're just sitting there by yourself. (laughs) Like, what happened? That'd be so strange, wouldn't it? Does
0: that mean I can go home now? (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Would you take it personally like how come they didn't invite me? Yeah,
1: I
0: would take it personally. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely
2: take it. <laughs> am I not good enough? <laughs> Why didn't they invite me?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Why am I still here? I
2: wonder if yeah. like all these mass disappearances that's how the people left over or who came back looking for them and found them gone felt. You know what I mean? Like like with Roanoke, did what's his name was John White, right? John White? John Just- John was a Smith. White or
1: Smith. Some of the other John Smith. Something like that. Yeah, it was John White then. It, it was uh, some some weird normal name.
2: <laughs> he comes. He you know he comes ashore and he's looking for them and he's like, "How come nobody told me?"
1: Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to go to the party. Offended. I'd be offended for sure. <laughs> like if we're doing a history creeps thing and then you're two just gone and I'm just left alone, I'm gonna be hurt. <laughs>
0: That ha- that has happened before, though, not because we wanted to hurt you. <laughs> That's
2: true. <laughs> <laughs> the Ooh. curse. Uh-oh, tempting. <laughs> You're tempting. Tempting the curse, dude. Don't do it. I but think yeah, these dude,
0: guys were tempting the curse. That's what I think, man.
2: Yeah, dude. The disappearances and, and mass disappearances are always, like, super fascinating to me. Because, again, it's, it's one of those things, like if they if they were deserting if that was the case you this was one person out of 3000 something would have come out you know what i mean so when you somebody don't sh- get that yeah, it's like, like what like he said
0: somebody would have said something and the fact that nobody saw anything either that he went to talk to his forward mm-hmm. observers and they're like no man we didn't see anything
2: yeah it's crazy
0: like that's even more creepy you know Heck yeah. yeah unless those guys are in on it somehow but like What's what's the scam? You know what what's what's the what's the play here?
2: Three yeah, thousand DB it, Coopers looking for some money,
0: right? I think I, mean, I think any disappearance is
1: creepy in itself, but when it's a mass one, it's even more so. I mean, I think it's I think just as humans, we find that more fascinating. I mean, just think of how popular the Lost City of Atlantis is. You know, because like a whole city that quote unquote went missing. Yeah. whether you believe it did or not.
0: Look at all and, the conspiracy theories about the uh Malaysian airline flight. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. So I found them fascinating for sure.
0: And I find this one in particular to be so weird because there's so little information about it. Yeah. You know, almost like it is a myth.
2: It's because the like, historians that were supposed to write about it disappeared as well.
0: Oh. Maybe they got snapped away too. That's man. gonna
2: be the next episode. Disappearing I- historians.
0: And I think you just cracked the plot to Avengers Endgame, so.
2: <laughs>
0: Which is going to be three hours, by the way. That's oh, terrible. yeah, I, I saw that, oh, man. man. That's going to be awesome, though. I'm I'm ready for three hours. <laughs> Usually
1: I would complain about th- a three-hour movie, but I'm not this time.
2: Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to fly. It's not going to feel like
1: three
0: hours.
2: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, you guys have anything else before we head out?
0: Johnny's got something pretty big.
1: Whoa, whoa, I shared that with you in confidence.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not talking about that, sweetheart.
1: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Then I really don't have any idea. (laughs)
0: Uh, your
1: your card thing, man. Oh, that's just a, I mean, I can do, I guess I could talk about it. It's, uh, that's that's a big deal, dude. It's a big deal to me. It has nothing to do with history creeps, but I'll talk about it. Uh, a lot of the listeners know I'm an artist and, uh, upper deck slash Marvel actually approached me and asked me to be on an official Marvel project for them. And I was very worried about it. Not that I, I mean, I was honored first of all, to be asked. It's something I've been wanting forever, but, uh, I was very nervous because after you work on them, they have to approve them and all that stuff. I just knew, I just knew I was just preparing myself for bad news, but great news all around. All my, my stuff was approved. So, uh I'll have some official Marvel artwork in stores soon.
2: Woo,
1: woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Dude that's so, awesome. Very uh very thankful and grateful for all the support, especially from you two, fellas.
2: Congratulations, dude.
1: Absolutely,
2: man. You you Thank deserve you it, dude. Your artwork's been phenomenal since the day I met you. Uh I think that's, I mean I yeah, that's how we met originally was through the artwork, I think, cuz I wanted to have you featured on back issues as an uh artist of Instagram. And then I found oh. out you did a podcast, and we just hit it off from there. I just
1: assume we've always just known each other, because of how it feels.
2: <laughs> I know, right? Like, it, for a moment there, it really all started coming back to me. I was like, oh, that's how yeah. I know Johnny.
1: <laughs> and literally the moment, I, I mean, I'm sure our listeners care about this, but literally the <laughs> moment I met Carter at, 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 at Heroes Con, I was like, yeah, this guy's awesome. I've known him forever.
2: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Carter joined History Creeps, and literally after that first episode, Johnny and I we were just like, I, I was like... What do you think about having him on as a, as a third guest? Because I feel like I've known that dude forever. You know what that's <laughs> I called? I no, awesome. no, Chris, we can't do it. <laughs> do you know what that's called, guys?
1: Oh, is it a police reference? Synchronicity. Called it
0: he
2: is not gonna let that go man all right guys listen thanks so much for joining us for another episode of history creeps uh, again we always appreciate your support thank you so much we have a new episode of that side coming next week look for it uh, until then for carter johnson for johnny towns and this is chris chavez have a good night see you later and as always stay creepy